You're listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the unique bilingual nature of our city's culture, sharing the voices and thoughts of young people growing up and living in the city we call home. Hi, everyone. Welcome to This Hong Kong Life. Today, uh, we have Ankita. Ankita, welcome to This Hong Kong Life. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. It's a great honor. So, Ankita, tell me um, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you've been up to, uh, where you are in life at the moment, how old you are. So, right now, I'm 16 years old, and I'm going to go to my last year of high school. And going back before that, I was born in the U.S., stayed there for like three years, four years, then I moved to India for like eight years, and then I came here, and I've, I'm going to be living here for six years before I leave for university. What was your time in India like compared yeah. to your life here in Hong Kong? So definitely, like it was a huge change for me. So, I mean, there's been like small scale changes, big like large scale changes. So, if you want like an example of like a small one, it'd be like in India you don't have actually a lot of supermarkets. It's basically their vendors who sit on the road and they have stalls. There's like this whole two kilometers of place called a market and you go there and you buy like fresh fruit and vegetables. But in Hong Kong, it's like you go to a supermarket and maybe they're packaged, but I don't know from how long. So that that would be like a small change, which was also very weird for me. Mm. And um, a bigger change would definitely be the schooling system. So in India, students, it's more about like by hearting the stuff instead of actually understanding. Mm -hmm. But here, education is way more hands-on and practical. And yeah, it's been like totally different experiences in both the countries. And I'm glad to have lived there and just uh, absorb the culture. And yeah, just have fun with both my friends. Yeah, are you originally Indian as well, ethnically? Yeah, yeah, ethnically Indian, yeah. Sort of when you were there, did you feel any different since you weren't born there? Feel or you felt like it was actually okay being able to just live there and, and, and interact with locals in India? I think that when I first came, I don't really remember. But what I do remember is that I was like really shy. I did not speak to anyone. Once I, I don't know if I should share this, but once I really needed to go to the bathroom at school and I was so shy that I didn't um, ask anyone and I was like four years old and I just ended up like going home and almost peeing my pants. Yeah, so I was really shy and I didn't really know how to speak Hindi because my mother tongue isn't Hindi. It's actually a different language. So I actually had to learn Hindi because that's the national language through like TV, like movies and um, just listening to people around me. But I, I think later on, after I lived there for a longer time, it was definitely like, it just felt like the new normal for me. Actually, you know, it's, it's very interesting hearing you share that because I think there's a lot of young people who maybe ethnically they're also mm -hmm. Chinese and but they weren't, mm -hmm. they weren't born in Hong Kong, but then they, you know, come mm -hmm. back to Hong Kong and then, but they don't speak Cantonese, but then they have to learn. And it also is a process and a journey of needing to figure out the language so that, you know, they're, they're able to connect better, you know, with, with the community that they're growing up with here in Hong Kong. So I, I see a lot of similarities and a lot of like parallels as well. <laughs> and, and Kita, you, you mentioned that you, if it weren't for your family, you probably would be 100% mm -hmm. vegan. What inspired uh -huh. you with this? Oh, so it was actually my sister and one day she showed me like, well, I think most people know what PETA is. It's like an animal rights uh, organization. 
So she showed me like their Instagram page and they had like all these, I would just say like candidly, like terrible like videos and pictures of like animals and like what was happening to them. So more so it actually started with me being passionate about animal rights. And then later I researched more and it also deeply connected to sustainability with the rainforest being wiped out for animal agriculture, it being one of the highest polluting um, industries in the world, even more than transportation industry for those who did not know this. But yeah, I didn't know it either. And it was also new to me. And what are some of the challenges that you faced? So the whole process started around one and a half years ago. And when I fully turned, it was like a year ago. Then I slowly started transitioning. And well, my parents still don't believe that a vegan diet can be healthy. But that, I think that's a problem for a lot of people. So if you're trying to do that, I, I would say to other people around me, like, don't feel bad if you can't be 100% right now. When you're more independent, you can obviously do what you want to do. So yeah. Did you find any other challenges in terms of like your own body or, or how you were able to access things um, differently here in Hong Kong? Yeah, so I, I would say like in the US, there's like a lot of like vegan food shops, vegan culture, but in Hong Kong, it's still not as much. And there is, I would say, a prominent meat eating culture. Like there is in like a lot of other countries, which is like totally fine. But for as a vegan, sometimes I go out with friends and sometimes I have to bring out like my own dinner because there's nothing to eat there. But I would say that you no, know, once you really know why you're doing it, you're totally okay with making any like sacrifice, I guess. Is it like an opportunity to, to share with your friends, you know, when you bring out your own lunchbox, you know, and you're saying, hey, it's cool that everybody's eating at the restaurant. I'm just gonna also, you know, supplement my meal with this. You know, is, is it an opportunity for you to share more mm -hmm. about your passions? I mean, for those who want to know, I definitely like, I'm like, okay, if you want to know, I'll tell you. But there's this thing that vegans always try to force their beliefs on other people, which like maybe some of them do, but I totally don't want to be that kind of person. So I be really, I'm really cautious all the time. And I only like really try to like tell them if they are interested because I don't want to be that kind of person who's like, oh, you have to like look at this and like turn to this. So yeah, I'm really careful about that. It's <laughs> really good to hear. I mean, sometimes I do know people who have chosen to be more vegan or at least maybe mm -hmm. as a start vegetarian, you know, to be inclusive when you're going out or you're hanging out, you know, you have to kind of also think of different people. So sometimes it's, you know, it can be a bit difficult to start that conversation. But once you start having that conversation mm -hmm. and you understand, you know, it makes it much easier to continue hanging out and, you know, be yourself as well. So, I mean, you shared with us earlier, you know, that you already have full on, you know, in summer mode. Yeah. So right now at Hong Kong, I've been given even more opportunities to get in Involved with like several activities and clubs that I really like. One thing that is my passion is sustainability. So I've been in the sustainability team and recently actually, since the theme is summer vibes, uh, during the summer, I've been working on the solar project at uh, ESF schools, at IB schools. So we just recently finished installing all of the panels and the overall was 500 kilowatt hours for all the schools. It was eight to nine schools. And then we basically took part in a CLP competition, the China Light and Power Sustainability Competition. And we submitted our presentation. It was all online because of COVID, of course. Yeah. But yeah, so related to that, I've been doing a lot of things and it's really like, I love doing it and personally, uh, almost a year ago, I turned vegetarian 
and like 90% vegan unless my mom forces me to eat yogurt <laughs> or something. So, I mean, if it wasn't for my parents, I'd be 100% vegan, but yeah. That's just wow. our life. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I'm just gonna hold up a second and go backtrack a little. <laughs> you mentioned solar panels. So you were part of an interesting mm -hmm. initiative this summer, and you guys were installing solar panels. Uh -huh. What was that about? Um, yeah, so basically, like uh, every uh, IB student has to do a personal project in like uh, their second year of high school. And I actually started mine as like the solar project. And then this has actually been going on for around two years now. And finally, uh, after, I mean, everything going on in Hong Kong, they could finally install around this March. And then it went on till like the last installation was actually even going on now. So yeah, and then there's been a, like a lot of like negotiations and deals using the government fit scheme in which um, uh, you actually get the panels installed for free and then the energy from them gets fed back into the grid and that's kind of like you paying back the company with energy because right. COP is an energy company. Yeah, and then... It's actually, it sounds really fascinating, um, but I'm thinking there might be people out there who are listening to this who may not really fully mm -hmm. appreciate what solar panels are doing um, and how your project mm -hmm. actually will help somebody who is currently listening in. So can you tell me us a little bit more about like how this project is gonna sort of impact people in Hong Kong? Basically, as, as ESF schools, uh, the goal is obviously not to get panels for free or make the money. It's um, the first priority is always educating students. And that's also what everyone from the sustainability team strongly believes in. So we've had like rooftop visits for students to come and see. We've had, we have this app called Entrack that displays energy savings, energy trends. So like they have cool graphics, like the solar panels have saved around like 100,000 trees by now or averted three flights by now. So students can uh, get educated through that. And we also have site visits where they go up and look at the new technology that we have called thin film panels. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so basically our main goal is educating them. Even the presentation that we made for the competition is going to be shared out with students sometime next year so they can see what we've been doing. We have assembly announcements about it. So we are doing all we can to show students how much of an impact we make, even though it might not be the biggest solar project with like gigawatts. Uh, it's still, we are one of the first schools to install these panels and this just shows the students how much a new generation can do because Gen Z has been a really influential generation. And if we really want to make a difference, we can, however small it is and whatever age we start at. Hmm. So if a young person out there here in Hong Kong is wanting to learn more about solar panels or this project or be mm -hmm. more educated in this area, are they able to also access some of this um, information? If they reach out to any of the people involved with this project, they can definitely access it. Or even when they, even if they just come to our school, we have a monitor displaying and track data, like in the reception itself. So, I mean, we would definitely like to expand our reach a little more, and we're working on that. But uh, when the solar project's completed, we can really start looking at reaching out more to the external community through this. Hmm. That's very cool. So how many of you were involved in this project? So after I started it, uh, I had backing from Jane Chan. So she's also from our school and the team. She just graduated actually. And then there's my friend Taylor and he's in my year. And then there's the whole sustainability team who also 
helped us along the way, but it was mainly the three of us and it was a great experience working with them. Mm, that's really cool. I love that this mm. is something that, you know, is done not just as an individual, but it's actually a group effort and you guys are really looking at sort of some really core issues that are happening in society and the environment and really trying to tackle it. It's really great. Thanks for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. See you next time.